Welcome to Working the Word with Jonathan Force. Join us now for a service already in progress at Lakewood Church of God. Okay, I want to talk to you tonight about uh, tearing down strongholds or uh, dismantling the strongholds that the enemy tries to put into our life. And so <clears throat> I want to um, talk to us about that tonight. So I want you to grab your Bible and we're going to start in Psalms chapter 41 and we're, we're continuing our study on um, spiritual warfare. Tonight I want to talk about strongholds and, and this will be the beginning of a few messages on strongholds. And, and tonight we're going to talk about the stronghold of pretense and uh, some different things like that. Uh, before we do that, let's just bow our heads and pray. Father, thank you for the time that we have together tonight. Thank you for the Word of God that we can gather together around. I pray that the great teacher, the Holy Spirit, would just teach through me tonight that we would learn from your Word the things that we need to hear. Speak to our spirit and speak to our heart, we pray. And help this to help people break free tonight. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen. Amen. Francis Frangipane writes in one of his books, What Men Call Salvation is simply the first stage of God's plan for our lives, which is to conform us in character and power to the image of Jesus Christ. If we fail to see our relationship to God as such, we will allow too many areas within us to remain unchanged. He continues to write, Pulling down strongholds is the demolition and removal of these old ways of thinking so that the actual presence of Jesus Christ can be manifested through us. I thought that was good. Now, it's a little bit of a mouthful. It's kind of a small paragraph. So since I've got your attention now, would you like me to read it again? Okay, here we go again. What meant Francis Frangipane wrote this. What men call salvation, quote, salvation, unquote, is simply the first stage of God's plan for our lives, which is to conform us in character and power to the image of Jesus Christ. That's God's plan for our life, is that we would be conformed to the image of His Son. The Bible teaches us that. If we fail to see our relationship to God as such, we will allow too many areas within us to remain unchanged. Pulling down strongholds is the demolition and removal of these old ways of thinking so that the actual presence of Jesus Christ can be manifested through us. That's powerful. God is identified in Scripture as many things. One of the things that He has identified in Scripture as is our strength. In Psalms 46 and verse number 1, the Bible says this in the New King James Version, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in the time of trouble. Now we can go to Psalms chapter 28, and we can read verses uh, 7 and 8 there. The Bible says this, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in Him, and I am helped. Therefore my heart greatly rejoices, and with my song I will praise Him. The Lord is their strength, and He is the saving refuge of His anointed. So we see in two passages of Scripture there where the Bible calls the Lord our strength. 
Now to the right in your Bible in the same book, Psalms chapter 118 and verse number 14, we see it again. The Lord is my strength and psalm. He has become my salvation. How many of you think that God's trying to get it across to us that the Lord is our strength? That's one of the things that he's identified as. One more scripture on this is in Habakkuk chapter 3 and verse number 19. That's kind of difficult for you to find. I'll just read it to you. It says this. It says, The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet, and He will make me walk on my high heels. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So God is our strength. So that's one of the things that the Bible says that God is. So He's identified as our strength. There's other scriptures that we could go into tonight where the Bible identifies God as our strong tower. Psalms chapter 61, verse number 13, Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 10. The Bible teaches us that God is our strong tower. And then in Psalms chapter 31 and verse number 1, the Bible says that God is the place that we run to when we need help. How many of you run to God when you need help? I think everybody that's honest would raise their hand. I mean, if we need just a little bit of help, We'll run, you know, we might not run to God. We might run, run to somebody. But if we really, really, really get in trouble, we hit our knees, don't we? And we pray and we run to God because the Bible says we can do that. So all of this put together where the Bible says that God is our strength and God is our strong tower and that God is the place that we run to when we need our help. All of this put together tells us that God is a stronghold. That God is our stronghold. Now... I, I wanted to kind of lay that out there and just kind of toss that out there. And we're not really going to talk too much about that tonight, but I wanted to toss that out there because I want us to understand in the study of strongholds that we have options. We have options. There are many different strongholds that the enemy comes against us with. And tonight we're going to talk about a stronghold that I like to call pretense. So we're going to talk about that tonight. But I want you to understand while we're talking about it that you have an option. You can either dwell in the stronghold of pretense or you can dwell in the stronghold of God. And, and that in itself, just those kinds of choices and those kinds of decisions are the kinds of choices and the decisions that determine whether we live in the victory or whether we are constantly experiencing defeat. So what is a stronghold of pretense? A stronghold is something that takes root in our life. It's something that, that takes root in our life. And there's many reasons why strongholds come into our life. Now, a counselor will probably, uh, if you start having trouble and whatnot, and you go see a counselor, the first thing they're going to do is start backing up. And they're going to go back far enough. They're going to keep going back, 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 back. And a lot of times they go back all the way into your childhood because what they're really looking for is the root of your problem. And I said that right, right, Donna? Because... For 20 years, it was a battle in our house, whether it was root or root. <laughs> and that's what a counselor will do. They'll take you back because they're looking for the root of, of the problem. That root could be called the stronghold. That could be called the stronghold. Well, pretense is just a fancy word for a lie. That's what it is. When we talk about the stronghold of pretense, then we're talking about a fancy word for a lie. So, so here's what that literally means. A stronghold in our life is that, that is the stronghold of pretense is something that we have made, been made to believe for whatever re reason 
That is just simply not the truth. I'll give you an example of that, okay? There are times, and, and this is a personal example, and I have to use personal examples because, you know, it's safe when I use personal examples. Um, there are times throughout the many years that we have pastored that there are people that have felt that I felt about them ways that, well, the pastor doesn't like me. He doesn't care about me. He doesn't... Uh, I never even thought about it. Do, do, do you see what I'm saying? But they have, they have allowed the enemy to get in there and allowed that root to get inside. I'm using it as an example. And allowed that root to get inside and they've let it build up and build up and build up and build up until all of a sudden they've got this monstrosity of a thing and, 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 and then when they come to me to talk about it, I am just shocked. I'm like, what? Where, who told you that? Why would you feel that way? Well, because you walked past me when you left the pulpit on Sunday and you didn't say hi. I walked past 200 people. I mean, I got hi, 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 hi. I don't know if I can say hi 200 times or not, but I mean, I walked past 200 people. And so, but, but here's the thing. The enemy will take those little tiny things and he'll build great big lies out of them and it becomes a stronghold in your life and it becomes a stronghold of pretense because when you come to church, now I'm not saying this is going on with you, I'm using it as an example, but when you come to church, now you're coming to church and you're sitting back there, I wonder if he's going to talk to me today. I wonder what he was thinking about. Look at he's preaching right straight. Every time he says something, he looks right straight at me. In fact, he just pointed at me. No, 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 no. It's, it's generals, gen, gen, general, generalities here, okay? Gen, generalities. But that's, but that's what the enemy will do. He'll take these, these, uh, these little lies, and these lies will take over our lives, and they will wreak chaos, and they will wreak confusion, and many good relationships have been destroyed over these kind of strongholds in our lives. There was, I wouldn't embarrass her for anything in the world, but there was a time about a year and a half or two years ago that Irma came to me and she was talking to me. You remember this? And she came to me in my office, and I just love and adore John and Irma. I do. I always have. I mean, I've had people come in here, you need to get rid of them. I say, we just need to get rid of you. Get. You know, I love John and Irma. And uh, somebody was telling her, uh, oh, a pastor's trying to phase you out. He's trying to get rid of you. You just watch what he does. You just watch it. And so finally, it started bugging her. It really started bothering her really bad. And I could tell something was starting to go on. And John told her, he said, Dr. John, he said, go talk to him. Go talk to him. And she came and sat down. And she talked to me and she told me this. And I went, are you kidding me? There's no way in the world I would try to get rid of you guys. That's just the devil. Don't listen to the devil. But see, the thing about it is, is it had really, really started bothering her. And Irma's the type of person. She said, okay. And she was fine from that point on. We were good. We were good. And she made me brownies. <laughs> the Bible addresses these kinds of strongholds. It, it addresses it in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verses 3 through 5. And I want us to go there tonight because I want you to see this. This is what the enemy... I'm trying to teach you tonight, don't let the devil mess with your head. Amen. Don't let the devil mess with your mind, okay? Don't let this stronghold of pretense take root inside of you or take root inside of your heart and in your life because what will happen is your life will be consumed with this stronghold and you have a choice. You can either dwell and live in the stronghold of pretense or you can dwell and live in the stronghold of God. And I'm asking you tonight to, to ask yourself these questions. Is this a stronghold in my life? Now let's look at 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. 
For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. So we're not going to war spiritually like we war fleshly or physically. The, the weapons of our warfare, the Bible says, are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of what? Strongholds. Of strongholds. So the Bible says, there, but to the pulling down of strongholds, and then it goes on and it starts talking about what those strongholds are in the very next phrase. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. For the first, so the first thing it says is that stronghold that you need to fight against that stronghold is imaginations. It's a stronghold of pretense, a stronghold of imaginations. And so we've got to really guard against these things. We've got to ask ourselves, are, are the thoughts that I'm thinking, are they, are they pure and are they lovely and are they holy and are they righteous? And, and are these the kinds of things that God would want me? Because, you know, I'm after God's glory in my life. I'm after God's presence in my life. I'm after God's anointing in my life. And I don't want to cash in that anointing and cash in that glory and cash in that presence because I'm coming to church or I'm living my life. And when I sit down and open up the Bible or when I hear somebody else preach or, or when I'm listening to the Word or I'm listening to worship, my mind mind just wanders to this stronghold. Listen, there is absolutely nothing that will ever happen to you that is worth you sacrificing the glory of God in your life for. The anointing of God, the glory of God, the presence of God, the direction of God is the stronghold of God. And that's where we need to live and that's where we need to reside. So the Bible says that we've got to pull down the strongholds. We've got to cast down imaginations. And then it says, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. You say, well, what would those things be? I'll tell you what would exalt itself against the knowledge of God. God's word says by his stripes you were healed. The knowledge of man says you have three months left to live. So we pull down that stronghold. We pull it down. We, we whip it in the spirit before it's manifested in the flesh. Man's stronghold says you're going to go bankrupt. God says that he became poor so that you might become rich. And so you pull down that stronghold because that stronghold goes against the knowledge of God or it goes against the scripture. And that's why it's important to study to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You find that in 2 Timothy chapter 2. I think it's around verse 14 or 15 there. And then the Bible says, and after we pull these strongholds down, then what we do is we bring into captivity every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Now notice, it wasn't God that did it. It was you that done it. It wasn't God. We bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. We're sitting around waiting for God to do stuff that God says, I, I, you know, you're supposed to take care of that. You're supposed to take care of that. And so we bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. 
you know, the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are the contrary one to the other. And they're going to fight with one another and they're going to constantly be fighting for the dominant place in our life. And our flesh will, will fight through reason, but our spirit fights through revelation. And what we have to do is we have to choose. Am I going to go the way of the flesh or am I going to go the way of the spirit? Because after all, we are a spirit being that lives in a fleshly body. And one of these days, this fleshly body will lay down and return to dust, but our spirit will continue to live. And that's why it's important for us to cast down imaginations, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and then bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Jesus Christ. So when the enemy comes against you and says, you're just going to fight with this depression all the rest of the night, this depression, this dark cloud of depression, it's coming down on you. The best thing you can do in the midst of depression is start quoting scriptures and reading scriptures about the peace of God. The peace of God. Lord, I'm not going to receive, devil, I'm not going to receive this off of you. The Bible says that I've got the peace of God that passes all understanding in my heart and in my mind. The Bible said that I'm blessed because I'm a peacemaker, so I'm just going to be blessed. I'm going to live in the blessing of the Lord. I'm not going to let the stronghold of pretense hold me back anymore. I'm not going to live in imagination. I'm not going to live in high things that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. I am going to make my mind come sub, become subject to, the, to my spirit and I'm going to force my mind to become subject to my spirit and I'm going to live spirit-led and spirit-directed instead of fleshly-led and fleshly-directed. And this helps us overcome. So how do we dismantle these strongholds? The dismantling of strongholds comes in various ways. But the final analysis we, we have to get is that we have to get to the root of the if, issue like we were talking about. And when we get to the root of the issue of that stronghold, then we have to allow God to replace the lies or the pretenses and then allow God to become our strength and pour His truth into our hearts. So what we do is we cast down imaginations. We, we come against high things that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. We bring into, thought, in, into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and we go back to the root of the issue and when we dig up the root of the issue then we offer it and we say, okay God, I need your help here. I need your help here. Because let me tell you something. Strongholds, when we're talking about the roots of strongholds, there's not a person in this place that has not been hurt by somebody that's been close to you at one time or another. And sometimes we carry that, don't we? Sometimes we carry it. You know you're over it when you can pray and ask God to bless them and mean it. Not ask God to bless them because, Lord, you said if I pray for my enemies this life, he, like heaping coals of fire on their head, and so I'm just going to put a boatload of fire on their head, Lord. Bless them, bless them, bless them, bless them. No, no, no. You've got to pray and actually, actually meet it, mean it. Now, the only antidote to a lie is the truth. I said the only antidote to a lie is the truth. You know, people who go through divorce suffer a lot of this because spouses tend to lie about one another, don't they? They do. They tend to lie about one another. They, you know, because they want to destroy, you know, she wants to destroy you, you want to destroy him, and all of these kinds of things, and it's really, really bad 
when, when, when the children are involved. Well, the only antidote to a lie is the truth. Now, here's, here's the thing that we have to understand. We have to understand that when we get to the root of the issue and we dig it up and we say, okay, God, I, I need you to help me with this. I'm not going to live with this imagination anymore. God, I'm not going to live with this high thing that's exalted itself against the knowledge of God anymore. Something that's trying to replace the truth of God's Word. God, I'm not going to live with this anymore. In fact, Lord, here's, here's what I'm going, to, I'm going to offer it to you. Then here's what the Lord does. The Bible says that God takes it from us and replaces it with something better. You want some scripture for that? Ezekiel chapter 37 and verse number 14 says this. And I'll put my spirit in you, and you shall live, and I shall place you in your own land, and then shall ye know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, saith the Lord. This was God speaking to the children of Israel right before He brought them up out of the land of Egypt. He said, you've been living in the land of Egypt, the land of onions and garlic, a place of slavery, for 400 years, you became accustomed to this place of slavery because you were born into this slavery. There's a lot of people today that were born, now listen to me very closely, they were born into generational curses and because they were born into generational curses, they are comfortable living, trying to navigate with that curse in their life when in reality if someone could help them see, you don't have to live like that. It's a generational curse. You can be free from it. Every single person that God gave this promise to, to about coming out of the land of Egypt and God giving them a place where they could live and a, a place that they could call their own and, 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 and all of that, every single person that God was promising this to, every single one of them had been born into slavery. Not one of them could remember one day free. Think about that. They couldn't remember one day free. Just because you've been carrying, I'm going to speak prophetically right now, just because you've been carrying something for 40 years doesn't mean you have to carry it one more day. Just because you've been carrying a pain, just because you've been carrying a hurt, just because you've been carrying a pretense, just because the devil has made you to believe a lie, just because these things have happened, doesn't mean you have to carry that anymore. You don't have to carry it another day. You don't have to carry it another hour. You can release it. And you can change your loyalty from the stronghold of pretense to the stronghold of God. And live in His strength and in His strong tower and to the place where you run. Now notice, I want you, I want you to notice something here, okay? God told them. He said, I'll put my spirit in you and you'll live. And I'll place you in your own land and you'll know I'm the Lord, that I've spoken it and I've performed it, saith the Lord. Now all of these were prophetic promises, but there's something I want you to notice. God made the way, but they had to leave. They had to take the initiative to leave. God has provided freedom for every single person in this place tonight. But every single person in this place has got to initiate that freedom. In other words, you have to move towards it. You've got to leave that 
that stronghold of pretense, that stronghold of bondage. You say, well, pastor, you don't understand, man. This has been in my family for years. I mean, I'm 55, I'm 60 years old. It's been in my family forever. Listen, the battle is real, but so is the Holy Ghost. Can I preach right? The battle is real, but so is the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is the paraclete, the one that is called alongside to help. The Holy Spirit will help you. The Holy Spirit will lead you. The Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. That's what the scripture says. He'll lead you, he'll guide you, and he'll direct you into all truth. Truth is the opposite of a lie. Truth is the antidote to a lie. Truth is the opposite of pretense. There's a stronghold called called truth that is much stronger than the stronghold of a lie. So you say to me, well, pastor, you're talking about this now. Now, how do I, how do I really break free from this? I mean, how do I break free, free from these imaginations? How do I break free from these strongholds that the enemy is, is, is trying to make me live under? Well, first of all, you've got to take responsibility for your freedom. And you've got to act accordingly. Now, Jesus already died to provide the freedom, but if you want to be free, you've got to leave the land of bondage. An alcoholic doesn't need to keep going back to the bar. Well, the Lord set me free. I'm going to go back down here in the bar and show everybody how free I am. 24 hours later, there's a tear in my beer. And they're saying, what happened? What happened? What happened? What happened? Well, the Lord set you free, but you ran right back to the land of bondage. No, 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 no. We have to lay aside every weight and every sin that does so easily beset us and run the race that God has set before us. And the Bible said that we're to run it with patience. So we have to take responsibility for leaving the bondage. We have to take responsibility for our freedom and we have to act accordingly. The Lord has already provided the way. He's done everything that He can do. He sent His Son Jesus 2,000 years ago to die on Calvary to set you free so you could live in freedom. If you're not free, it's not God's fault. He's done everything that He possibly could do. Have you ever thought about that? I don't understand why I live in this. I just want God to set me free. I just want God to set me free. Leave the land of bondage. Get away from those influences. <coughs> Get away from the influences that, that are pulling you down. Get away from people that don't believe in you. Get away from people that don't believe in the call of God upon your life. Get away from people that don't believe in the power of God that flows through your veins. Get away from people that are trying to hold, hold you hostage to your past because, listen, as long as you're hanging around them, that's where you're going to live. And God doesn't want you. He delivered you from your past. Why would you hang around there? Why would you hang out there? Come out of your past. Get into the present. Your, his, your history does not have to determine your destiny. Your future does not have to look like where you came from. Why? Because of Calvary. Because of Calvary. Romans 13 and 12. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. What did the Bible say there? Let Everybody say it with me. Let us. Let us. Cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. So we have to cast off the works of darkness and we have to put on the armor of light. This shirt would not have done me any good tonight 
had I left it hanging in the closet and just went in the closet and thought, man, I'd like to wear that shirt. I wished it would jump off that hanger and get on my body. That's what we do with God. That's what we do with God. And you know something? Help me, Holy Ghost. Lord, God help me. You know what? We do it right here at the altar. We come up here and we say, Lord, forgive me, Lord, forgive me, Lord, set me free, Lord, set me free. And we get the emotional release, but we don't lay anything down. You hear me? That altar is for more than just prayer. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. Unload them dudes. Get rid of them. Get up from there walking in freedom. Get up from there walking in victory. Get up there uh, from there walking in the joy of the Lord. Don't just come to the altar and just kneel down. Oh God, I love you. I love you. I thank you, Lord. I wish you... No, here's what you do. You come to that altar and you kneel down and you say, Lord, I see you've revealed some things to me and now I, I just repent of them and repent means to turn and go in a different direction. And Lord, I'm just going to take that and give it to you, Lord. And when I get up from this place in faith, I'm going to walk away from this altar and say I'm different than when I came in and then I'm going to start acting different. I'm going to start walking different. I'm going to start talking different. I'm going to start conducting myself different. What are you doing? You are casting off the works of darkness and you're putting on the armor of light. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Strongholds are broken when we take the responsibility for our freedom and act accordingly. Now, yes, but how? YBH, YBH. I had an old Bible in my first church. I went through and I seen all these promises and I just wrote YBH by every single promise. You can have this, you can have that, you can have this. And YBH, YBH, YBH. I mean that Bible was littered with YBH. Do you know what YBH means? Yes, but how? I didn't expect anybody, anybody in here to know that because it's just something that, that the Lord kind of gave me and uh, Rick Warren. <laughs> Some of you know who that is. <laughs> How do I do that? How do I cast off the works of darkness? How do I put on the armor of light? The first thing that you do is you change strongholds. You make God your strength. You make God your strong tower. You make Him the place that you run when you go, when you get into trouble, instead of picking up the phone or picking up social media or running off somewhere in a corner and, and with someone, and I don't know, you run to God. You run to God and, and you talk to Him. And by paying more attention to what God's Word says about your circumstances than about your situation than what your circumstances are saying, then you have effectively started transitioning your life to make God the stronghold in your life. Now, you, you, you practice this scripture that I'm getting ready to give you. How do I do this? How do I, how do I cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light? You practice the scripture I'm getting ready to give you and pay particular attention to verse number 3. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3 says this. 
If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. So first of all, he says you have to be identified as with me. If you be risen with Christ, he said once you have that identity and once you're identifying with me, then seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. So your focus changes from the battle to the conqueror. You got it? Your focus changes from the battle to the conqueror. And then it goes on in verse number 2 and says, Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. It's nice to have a new car, but it's going to have nothing on my chariot in heaven. No, set your affection on things above and not on the things of this earth. We're here for just a little while. I said it Sunday. Every single person in this place right now is as young as you will ever be. Be encouraged. What I'm trying to tell you is the currency of your life is time. It's the most valuable currency that you have. And and this is just dress rehearsal for heaven. And one of these days, if the Lord delays His coming, our eyes will close in death. And at that point, the Bible said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And I want my focus to be on heaven and I want to know there's some things up there that I can expect when I get there. My affections are on there. I'm so in love with God. I'm so in love with Jesus. I'm so in love with the glory of God. So in love with the anointing of God. So in love with the power of God that that's just where I want to live right here on this earth. I don't want to live anywhere. I don't want to live out here in in carnality. Why in the world would would I want to go bar hopping when I could go? (sighs) From revival to revival to revival and then come back home to your home church on Sunday. I did that on purpose. But I'm trying to make a point. I'm trying to make a point. Why in the world would I, would I want to do it? Okay, so then look at this. So the Bible says that we have to be identified with Christ, risen with Christ. We have to seek those things which are above where Christ sits at the right hand of, of God. We have to set our affections on things above, not on the things of the earth. And then look in verse number 3. For ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. You should live in such a way. If you want to live in victory, you should live in such a way that when people see you, the first thing they think of is Jesus. Listen, I love you dearly. And I know you love me. Most of you. (laughs) Well, I know you do because you're here on Wednesday night for sure. And I know, and, 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 and Randall said it earlier tonight, and I appreciate the love. He said, I tell people about our church. I tell them about our pastor. I tell them about how much we love. And I appreciate that. But I want people to see Jesus, not me. And those aren't empty words. I mean every 
single one of them. You say, well, well, don't you like accolades? What for? What for? Why would I need those? Why would you need? Why, why do you need? Well, you know, sometimes I just like to be appreciated, you know, and, and, and things like that. Well, get that in heaven. And if somebody appreciates you, just reflect that back to the Lord. Just become the, re, the, the great reflector. The Bible said that our life is hid with Christ in God. So how do I cast off the workers of darkness? How do I put on the armor of light? How do I take responsibility for my freedom and act accordingly? Here's what I do. I run to that strong tower, that place that I shared with you in the very beginning. I run to that strong tower and I hide Psalms 91, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And in that place I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. In that place... Surely he will deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He will cover me with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth, not the stronghold of pretense or a lie, but his truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the arrow that flies by day nor for the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. Now listen, in this place, a thousand will fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it won't even come nigh you. And then the Bible says, only with thine eyes shalt I behold and see the reward of the wicked. So the choice for freedom lies with us. Where am I going to go? What stronghold am I going to dwell in? The stronghold of pretense or the stronghold of God. Romans 6 and 16, Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one slaves whom you obey, whether of sin to death or of obedience to righteousness, the choice for freedom lies with you. I'm going to read that scripture again because I want you to get this, okay? The choice for freedom lies with you. Do you not know that whom you present yourselves slaves to obey? You are, the, you are that one slave whom you obey. So, so, if the enemy influences me to do something and I obey him, then I become his slave. You know the tool the enemy uses? Sin. And that's why the Bible said, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you would fulfill it in the lust thereof. So when I present myself to the enemy through my sin, then I become a slave to him and he becomes my slave master and I have left the stronghold of God and I'm fair game for the enemy. But then the Bible says here, whether of sin to death or of obedience to righteousness so I can present myself to the Lord. 
for Him to make me holy, for Him to make me righteous, for Him to, 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 to justify me, for Him to save me. I can present myself to Him and when I do, then He makes me the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and I become a slave and like Paul said, a bondservant to Jesus Christ. And if I'm a bondservant to Christ, then I'm going to be a bondservant to His Word. The choice for freedom lies with us. We choose who we obey, our flesh or our God. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 19 through 20, and the Amplified says this. Last scripture. I call heaven and earth to witness this day against you that I have set before you life and death, the blessings and the curses. Therefore, choose life that you and your descendants may live and may love the Lord your God, obey His voice and cling to Him for He is your life and the length of your days that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to give to your fathers, to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob. Breaking free begins with a made-up mind. We can't be free unless we are determined to be free. So what are we going to do tonight? Are we going to carry that thing that's been holding us back for the rest of our life? Or are we going to take the responsibility for our freedom and say, Lord, I want to let it go. And always remember, when you let something go for the sake of God, He replaces it with something better. A great example of that would be in deliverance ministry. Sometimes when you are involved in exorcism, which is helping people get delivered, deliverance from demons, we've had to be involved with that. We never choose to be involved with it. We just handle it when we have to. But we have power over all the power of the enemy. That's what the Bible says. And so when the enemy presents himself and he wants a war, we kick his, mm-hmm, you know what. But I've found out that if you're helping someone get free and they get free and those spirits come out of them, then there's a void inside of them and you don't need to let them up until they are saved and full of the Holy Ghost because that void has got to be filled up and the Holy Ghost is so much better than anything that any demon or host of demons could ever drum up. And that's just a, a, a great example of that. So breaking free is, you know, I, I, I'm making up my mind. I'm not letting this hold, I'm not, I'm not letting what people did to me hold me back anymore. I'm not letting these feelings, I'm not letting these emotions, those, these feelings of, of betrayal, and we've had a lot of that in the last year to a year and a half around here. Our family has had a lot of it. And it's hurt extremely bad. And it's still going on. But we're letting it go. I'm letting it go. I, I, I can't, listen, we can't go forward into the future. You can't, this church can't go forward into the future if the leader's not free. You know, and with that point, I want to make I want to make this point: you letting things go and letting God replace them with with His presence and, and, and His blessing and His anointing upon your life is going to affect more than just you. 
There are people banking on you having the right relationship that you need to have with God. There are people that are banking on the fact that if they come to you and they need somebody to pray, that they know you can touch God for them. There are people banking on that. They're banking on it. So, so we have to make up our mind. I'm determined to not let these things hold me back anymore. And then you have to make a lifelong commitment to the process of freedom. Freedom means embracing a life change. Now when I talk about making a lifelong commitment to the process of freedom, probably one of the best examples of that that I can think of is every person who has been through a divorce, most of those divorces get nasty before they're over. And if you don't watch it five years down the road, 10 years down the road, 15 years down the road, 20 years down the road, you're still carrying that baggage. And there are people praying, God, why won't you bring someone into my life? Because God's not going to do that to someone. He's not going to do that to a good man. He's not going to do that to a good woman. He's not going to make them subject to your baggage. You've got to let it go. I love you, but I, I got to tell you the truth. You got to let it go. If you don't let it go, it'll hold on to you until you're in the grave. And you got to let it go. Freedom means embracing a life change, okay? Every time the enemy comes against me with these bad thoughts, I'm going to say what sort of things are good, what sort of things are honest, what sort of things are just. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, Lord, I think on these things. In Jesus' name, I cast down imaginations. I cast down high things that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. I bring into, into captivity every thought to the obedience of Jesus Christ. Lord, I give you praise. Lord, I give you honor. Lord, I give you glory. Lord, I worship you. I praise you. I magnify you. I, you are my God. You're my Savior. My, you're my Lord. And you start worshiping God. You start praising God. You start lifting Him up and adoring. And that accusatory devil and those nasty spirits will flee. You embrace that life change. Devil, you hit me and you got to listen to 15 minutes of praise and adoration to my God. Hallelujah. And he'll quit. You know why? Because praise breaks chains that bind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, now there's... Two more things I need to share with you, and it's not two more points, it's just two more things. Freedom means embracing a life change. Second thing I need to share with you is God can change your heart, but you have to change your actions. I said God can change your heart, but you have to change your actions. And then the last thing is this. It might be uncomfortable for a while loving your enemy, but if you'll let him, the Holy Ghost to help you. The Holy Ghost to help you. In fact, I'm going to rephrase that. And I'm going to change the word it might be uncomfortable for a while. I'm going to change that word might to it will be uncomfortable for a while. As you adjust to this new normal of freedom. But if you let the Holy Ghost... He'll help you. And you can live in freedom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Strongholds. Tearing down strongholds. Dismantling 
strongholds, not letting them have power over our life and breaking free. Thank you for joining us today on Working the Word. For more information, go to our website at www.suncoast4, and that's the number 4, Jesus.tv. You may also write us at 12637 Pony Lane, Hudson, Florida, 34669. Or you may call us at 727-856-1770. Our office hours are Monday through Wednesday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. and Thursdays, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. Remember, the Word will work if you work the Word.